0: Lost my mind, all right? Hasn't, I haven't yet. It's probably on its way, but I've still got it. All right. Please turn everything on and know when, let me know when I can start. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in this series we're doing called Naturally Supernatural. And uh, this series is uh, looking at Jesus as our model for life and ministry. And realizing that he told us that, that uh, in this life we would do what he did, that that's what we should be doing. And we've said in order to do what he did, there were some things we had to learn. To, to see like he saw, to think like he thought, to serve like he served, and to love like he loved. We've also said that there are three uh, resources we have available to us that Jesus had available to him to live naturally supernatural lives. They're the resources of prayer and the Word and the Holy Spirit. And we have covered um, those areas in, in significant depth in this 13, now 14 weeks. Um, and, and primarily through encounters that Jesus had with people and situations in the Gospel of John. And, you know, just quick refresher, John 3, we looked at his encounter with Nicodemus, someone who was a a leader, a political leader, a religious leader, but prided himself on his good works, just thought he was good enough to make it, and that him and God were okay, and Jesus had to minister grace to him and let him know it wasn't going to work that way. His good works would never be enough. He he met a a woman in John 4 at the well, a Samaritan woman, and um, she was the opposite of Nicodemus. She knew she was a sinner. And Jesus ministered grace to her by pointing out her value to God and that God desired her to be a worshiper. And then encounter after encounter. John 5, with uh, the invalid at the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus ministers healing to him and then pursues him and tells him about how important it is to be in relationship with God. John 6, we see his compassion as he feeds the 5,000 and works with his disciples. John 8, the woman caught in adultery. And, and uh, Jesus sees the beauty of her potential, which moves into John 9, and the man born blind. And it, it spreads into that. And we talk about Jesus and, and him bringing in grace and the light of grace in the world how important it is not to become like the Pharisees and be judgmental and critical, but operate in and under this light of grace, seeing the beauty of people's potential. We talked about the Last Supper, and we looked at Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and we said that that life is found in serving we continued on at the last supper and we talked about how it was uh, you know it was a passover feast and and from from it we get our communion that we take now and then in the middle of that uh, that feast uh, and in the middle of the the cups and the bread we we see Jesus taking that in a new direction and introducing really a marriage ceremony and that from the marriage analogy, Jesus, um, you know, paying the bride price at the cross and going to prepare a place for us and coming back for us and how that ties in to so many events in scripture and, and it's why he, he calls us to remember and why we take communion. In the process, Um, we talked then about being fruitful, that that God is the gardener of the vineyard and He wants fruitful disciples, and we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. And then we talked about the work and the person of the Holy Spirit and, and what He's doing in our lives as we yield to Him. We talked about the importance of prayer and the power of prayer to change us from a people of worry and fear into a people of prayer and faith. And then last week we talked about the Word and how important it is to spend time um, reading the Bible and, and um, making it a habit and a discipline in our lives that we, that we look to and that we long for in our lives and the importance to that. Today, I want to talk about Jesus' encounter with the cross and that this is central to everything that as believers we know And understand. And we're going to look at that. I do have a little question for you before we go. Uh, What question can you never answer yes to? Are you asleep? (laughs) Think about that. I think you'll like it more as you think about it. Our scripture reading for today is out of Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 2 and 3, this is out of the new NIV. Uh, it says this in verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Um, we're to keep our eyes on Jesus who endured the cross, who encountered the cross for us. And, and what we learn from the cross will keep us from growing weary and losing heart. And and in the, the Gospel of John that we've been using as our foundation, if you were to go and read now, we're up to chapters 18 and 19 and 20. Uh, in 18 and 19, you would see the account of, of Jesus being arrested and the trials and the crucifixion and the death and the burial of Jesus. And, and if the story ended there, it would be a sad story, but it doesn't. And we know in chapter 20, uh, we find out that Jesus defeats death and, and rises again. And, and so his story continues. But the cross, uh, is what is central to his story. It's what, it's what defines his story. The cross stands for all that was accomplished through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And it's a picture of the amazing love of God for us. And I want to talk about that love today as, as Jesus encountered the cross and what that means for us and to us in our lives. There's a verse that most people know. Um, uh, maybe it's the one of the most well-known Bible verses uh, there, there's ever been because people have used it uh, as a, a sign that they've taken to sports games and things like that. Is John 3.16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And there's some things in that verse that really talk about this amazing love that God has for us and how it was displayed at the cross. So the first thing that I want to talk about tonight in this process is that God's love is extravagant. Point number one: God's love is extravagant. Um, in this verse, that verse John three sixteen, there's there's a very small word uh, word in there at the beginning of the verse, and it's it's a word that we usually kind of skip over and don't give much significance to. But in this verse, it's the word "so." In the Greek, however, that word is called an adverb of intensity, means a whole lot. Um, God's love for you is intense and extravagant. See, no one will ever love you as much as God does. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Paul said this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God's love for you is unconditional. It's unfailing. It's not based on what you do or who you are. It's based on who He is. And that's what makes it so amazing. It's what we were singing about in our songs uh, together today, uh, this love of God is amazing. It's it never ends. It's never it never runs out. It's a it's an amazing love for us. This love, secondly, also sacrifices for you. God's love sacrifices for you. God so loved that verse says in John three sixteen that He gave. And and see the the idea is that you can you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And God demonstrates His giving in His own, one and only Son, Jesus, who at the cross pays for our sins with His life, that we might have life with Him forever. 1 John 2.2 2 says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. See, the cross... brings everything together because on the cross Jesus um, took care of sin. Now uh, he says he, he atoned for us and you know the way this works just so we all understand. Um, see that concept that God loves you is it should uh, overwhelm you. And yet in our culture the um, Often we, we tell people sometimes that God loves them, and they don't... Yeah, well, so of course He does. And they don't get why that's so amazing. And see, why it's so amazing is this. All of us have sinned. We've all messed up. There's not a perfect person among us. Uh, Jesus was the only one who was perfect, sinless. So, we've all messed up. Now, we... Um, we think there's varying degrees of that, but sin is sin, and we've all sinned, we've all messed up. And God is perfect and holy. He loves us, but he's perfect and holy. And so, um, sin can't be in his presence. Um, it's perfection, it's holy, that's, that's what he's all about. And so, we all had an issue. From the moment that we've sinned, which happened, <laughs> we were born that way, um, we were separated from God. By our sin, we, we were kept apart by our sin, and and we were a mess. We we couldn't get back. There, there's no way for us to bridge this gap that existed because of sin. We're stuck. And and sometimes we think, well, you know, as long as I'm a good enough person, then that's going to be what tips the scales in my favor. A lot of people in the world think that, um, or you know, or if I do more than good than bad, or or whatever their thought process might be, you know, well, where God just loves me anyway, and so He's just going to kind of look the other way at sin. See, He can't. He's perfect and holy. We have an issue. It's, this sin has caused a serious issue in our lives. It's separated us from God. And, and so we, we've tried, man has tried all sorts of things to bridge the gap. And, and those are usually called religion. and I'm not picking on the word. But, but we, we try and figure out a set of rules that we think will bridge the gap. And we keep trying and trying, but we can't do it. We saw that in our encounter with Nicodemus, who followed all the rules as well as he could. And you know, had a very, prided himself in the way he did it. And Jesus said, no, it's not good enough. So we have this issue. We have this gap. But God loves us, makes a way for us, and what He does is, He comes to us. We can't get to Him, so He comes to us. Jesus, fully God and fully man, comes to us. And and here, He lives a perfect, sinless life. A perfect life. He was born miraculously, you know the Christmas story, and then He proceeded to live a perfect life. He engaged in His ministry On our behalf, and and in a three-year period, he impacted the world in such a way that it was changed forever. And at the end of his ministry, at the time of his choosing, he willingly went to the cross. He could have called down a legion of angels. He could have done a multitude of things. But he knew it was, was what had to happen. He willingly went to the cross on our behalf, and he gave his life for us he'd already told the disciples if you remember our last other thing he was about to do that it was the bride price he's the groom and the price for his bride that's us was his dying on the cross his perfect sinless life on the cross when he died it atoned for our sin and the sin of the world it atoned for it all it covered it all it was a it was a sacrifice that was sufficient and enough and it covered sin it paid for sin He atoned for our sin. And see, in Christ now, we have access to God. In Christ, God sees us differently. See, God sees us in Christ. He doesn't see the mess. It's all been covered at the cross. He sees us now through His Son. And He sees us as perfected and holy already because of what Jesus has done. Not that we're there, but in Christ, that's how God sees us. Seeing the beauty of our potential. Seeing us in Christ. See, and that's that's what it's all about is being in Christ. Because of His sacrifice, we can now enjoy relationship with God for eternity. Apart from His sacrifice, we cannot be in relationship with Him because He's holy and perfect, and we're not. Now, in communicating this, I'm always always trying to find things... that I think last time I did this, and I'll stick with this one because I saw it again. Um, I was reminded of an amusement park. And, you know, at an amusement park especially if you've ever been there with children, you know that certain rides have a, have a cutout sitting there and, and there's like a, you know, a cutout of, a, of a, you know, a mouse or whatever and they're holding their hand this high and it says you have to be this high to get on the ride. You guys know what I'm talking about? I was at a mall last week in Ocala and I had a playground and I saw a gator. It was up in Gainesville. There was a gator with this thing out. said, so you have to be this high to get in to play on these toys. All right. So it was right there. So you got to be that high. And, and trust me, I've been to amusement parks with small children who've wanted to ride rides and, and they weren't this high. And it's a terrible thing. And you can try, trust me, and ask me how I know, you can try to bribe (laughs) the guy on the ride, pay him off, offer him whatever you can, say I'll hold him, whatever it takes. No, you have to be this high to get on the ride. Well, see, to, to be in eternal relationship with God, you gotta be like this high. (laughs) Um, you 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 can't get there the, 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 without Jesus. You can't make it. He's the cutout. He's the standard, and you you can't get there apart from him. You can't. No matter how much you try, no matter how much you were to beg or 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 plead or bribe or whatever you thought or pay your way in, it doesn't work. It's it's the entry point is Christ, and and that's what He does for us. And and so uh, you can't get in unless you're in Christ now. What's the, how does he work that out from there? He's paid it, the price, how does it impact us? And that's the third thing. See, God makes this offer of love to each one of us. God's offer of love to you is this. It's called salvation. It's called salvation. Titus 2.11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. See, we, we, we need to be saved from our mess. We need a savior. Because we've sinned, we can't get there. We need someone to save us out of it. And that's what Jesus does. He's our Savior. That's what that term means. And, and uh, the, John 3.16 says, you know, how do we get that? It's that whoever believes in Him shall not perish. Paul says this in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth... That you confess and are saved. See, it's, it's in this process of, of that story, that, that picture that I just gave you of why we need the, Jesus to do what he did and how we accept him as Lord and Savior, that we are then entered into eternal life with, with, with Christ, with God forever. We, we accept and acknowledge what he did on the cross and we ask him to come into our hearts and our lives to be that Savior that we so desperately need. And we, we talk about it all the time. It's humility and faith. And humility admitting that we sin, that we'll never be good enough, that we'll never reach the cutout apart from Him because we've all messed up. And then asking Him to be our Lord and Savior. Accepting what He's done for us on the cross. Accepting this offer of love, this salvation. And when we accept it by, by praying and asking, then then we're saved. Then we're with Him and we're, we're reunited with Him. We're with Him forever. And when that happens, some amazing things take place. Three in particular, when they happen. 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4 say this. This is out of the message paraphrased. What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. See, Jesus went to the cross Gave his life for us, was buried, and then rose again on the third day. And because he did that, we've been given new life when we accept him as our Savior. And and there's three big benefits just from that one that are really cool right off the bat. Um, You get your past forgiven. That's neat, isn't it? You get a brand new life. See, we come in with this mess that I just brought up. We all got it. But when we come and ask him to be the Lord and Savior and to forgive us, we're forgiven. He forgives us. I don't know about you, but that ought to to change multitudes of things in your life when you grab a hold of that process. That you've been forgiven for all the mess. You're forgiven. Um, Another thing that verse tells us is that you get a purpose for living. See, we now have everything to live for. Uh, People all the time are going in that place where they they just don't get it. They don't understand life. They don't think it has any meaning. What's it all about? You know, it's not worth anything. But in Christ, we now have a purpose. To live for it gives life a meaning. We realize that it's there's more to it than than what we were seeing. That our perspective begins to change, hopefully, as we as we open up. And we talked about this and we begin to see from the throne room of God that that our life has purpose and meaning. That He's called us uh, for uh, ministry and, and to do and be His body here until He returns and to tell people about His love and to help others and to encourage others and to demonstrate kindness and love um, outside of ourselves. And that, that it makes life mean something. Instead of just trudging it through and, and counting the days until they're done and counting the hours until the day is done, life takes on a, a different context when we're in relationship with Him. And we get a future in heaven with Him. It says, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. See, our, our eternal life begins when we accept Christ and, it, and it's going to keep running from now on. You're already engaged in your eternal life. When you've accepted Christ. We're in this phase of it, and it's going to get better. When, when he comes back, it gets way better. But, but we're engaged in it now. See, we, we have a different way of looking at life now. We don't look at it the way people who don't know Christ look at it. There's no, there's no end. It's, it's endless. There's a change. There's a transition. But it goes on. And see, we don't need to be afraid. We've talked about that. We're not a people of fear and worry because we know Christ. We know the promises that He's given us. And we know because of what He's done, He's going to do what He's promised to do as well. He's coming back for us soon. He's called us and told us we're His bride. And that He's paid the bride price at the cross. He's preparing a place for us. And He's just waiting on the Father to say go. And trumpets will sound. And we'll be caught up to Him forever. And in the meantime, this is what we talked about. We're we're supposed to be taking advantage of the time that we have. Using it wisely. Not being consumed by the things of the culture, but but living for God. Obviously involved in the things we have to, and we have jobs to work, and we have things to do, and and all those other things, but all the time knowing that there's something more. And that, that life is found in knowing that. That there's something more. And that we find it in Christ. Life is found in Him. This naturally supernatural life that we've been talking about now for 14 weeks and we'll talk about for another couple. See, it's, it, it, when, it, when it kicks in, it all makes sense. And, and we can step away from the craziness and the busyness and, and the, the, the things that, that trap the world and, and makes it so miserable and fearful. We don't have to be that way. We've got life in Him. It doesn't mean everything's always perfect. It's not. It's a broken world. You know, broken things are a reminder. To me, uh, it's a reminder that there's something better yet. That this ain't it. We started our journey, but this ain't it. This is not as good as it gets. I, I hope that, that you realize that's that's really good news. Because sometimes this is good, and sometimes it's just not so good. Because it's broken. The planet's broken. The world's fallen. But, but in Christ, see, we we know that there's more to it. And we can find joy even in... in Difficult circumstances, because there's so much more coming. There's so much that lies ahead. So he just is, he wants us to get focused on this, and see at the cross is where it makes sense. At the cross, if we don't understand the cross and the reasons for the cross, then, then none of this really makes a whole lot of sense. But but that's what is the heart of our message. That's Christ crucified. It doesn't make sense. To the wise of the world. We've talked about that. But it makes perfect sense to those who believe. And as God opens it up, reveals it, and we see it. And then it makes complete sense. And we have this hope that He's coming back for us soon. So, that's the encounter with the cross and, and where our lives come from in the process. And And my prayer is that if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it today. As I said, humility and faith. In humility, it's all about just getting before God and saying, you know what, God? I've blown it. I'm broken just like everybody else. I've messed up. Will you forgive me? And he will. And then in faith, you ask and accept Jesus into your heart and life as your Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, would you please come into my life and into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior? If you've never prayed like that, I want you to do it today. It is the best prayer that you will ever pray it's the best decision that you will ever make it will change your life forever and if you've never done it do it today do it today Jesus encountered the cross for you he endured the cross for you fix your eyes on him and know how much he loves you today and that will start the naturally supernatural life for all of us amen amen ministry team those of you here would you please head over to the wall if you're watching on television or on the video thanks for watching we want to uh, uh, just uh, thank you for for tuning in and being a part of us if you need anything call us right.